With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are listening to the Dynasty Warzone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Memphis, at DFF Memphis on Twitter, and I am on another solo mission tonight. My main man, Jerry, he's out there in the great state of Michigan doing only what him and Eminem on 8 Mile can do, and that's Michigan-type stuff. But it's Wednesday. It's Dynasty Warzone Day, so... Whether you were celebrating Christmas or just wrapped up Hanukkah or whatever it is that you celebrate with you and yours, hope you had a good December 25th. It was relaxing, refreshing. I know I did. I'm recording this late at night after everybody's gone to bed. And here we go, a little Dynasty War Zone. So remember, we're a 52-week podcast we're always going to be here every Wednesday sometimes with bonus shows on Friday or Saturday like last week with our buddy G of the Aussie guys but tonight this is going to be little old me with some return season and what is return season you ask well return season is just like the Christmas season you get all these nice gifts you get all these things but there's always that handful of stuff that needs to go back It's not the right size, it doesn't fit, it's not what you thought it was, maybe it's broken, maybe all the parts aren't there, and you got to take it back. And and we're going to talk about some young players, year one and year two players, that, you know, I would like to get a return on, uh, a refund, if you will. So we're going to get into that in just a little bit. But before I do all that, I'd like to remind you that the Listener League is still open, filling slots. We're already into one, and we're pretty close to filling a second. And remember, these are dynasty leagues, not redraft leagues or keeper leagues. This is a full dynasty league, no matter how we end up slicing and dicing it. So how do you get in? Very simple. Same thing we've been doing for the last couple of weeks. You just go over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, leave your Twitter handle and or your email address. Yes, I'm collecting them. Yes, I'm writing them down and I'm screenshotting them. And I look every day to make sure that there are more. And I write those down because it's very important to Jerry and I to build our listener base and to build those five-star reviews. So again, leave a five-star Twitter handle and or email address and I will find you like Liam Neeson in the movie Taken. 
Uh, next thing, and remember, as part of that five-star review, you're also entered into a contest to win a premium membership to ffstatistics.com. That is my buddy, Addison Hayes, Adam Hayes Hayes underscore on Twitter. That's his premium statistics website. There's a free portion as well, but for that five-star review, you will also be entered in to a drawing to win a free membership to that website. So let's get into it. Before we get into the news, uh, you should be coming off championship season. As I always say, if your commissioner has you playing fantasy football into week 17 for championships, you got the wrong commissioner. Look for a league where your league will wrap up in week 16, Christmas is over, and this is the time of year where a lot of podcasts are taking a break. You know, there's not much to play for in week 17, but you know, Jerry and I will be here. If you need that Twitter poll retweeted, hit the Dynasty Warzone Twitter handle at Dynasty Warzone on Twitter. Or if you have a question for me and Jerry, and maybe you want us to answer your question personally, I'm at DFF Memphis. He's at Jerry Sin DFF. We'd love to help you out. Uh, just a quick breakdown to my championship and playoff season coming to an end. Uh, made the playoffs in nine leagues, made week 15 in all nine leagues, and after week 15, when all the superstars decided to take a poop on my lineup, I wound up with four teams playing for the ship, battling for a championship. Well, of those four teams, two of those four teams ran into Antonio Brown. One of them was an Antonio Brown Big Ben stack, and there wasn't much I could do about that. In, in my third league, my old school redraft league, that was another Antonio Brown battle that did not go my way. So I did not defend my title there, but I did win one mini dynasty league. It's almost like a big keeper. We keep about, I think it's eight players, but I managed to win that even though I lost Kareem Hunt in that league and I lost uh, Rob Gronkowski for an extended period of time. So came away with one championship, not what I wanted, but sometimes seconds okay. It's, it's okay as it relates to the money. The money for seconds made 2018 a profitable fantasy football season for me. So I'll, I'll be looking to reinvest that back into the community, getting in some to some more leagues. But that was my championship breakdown. We'll check out Jerry next week. And just a little uh, update on the show. This is the last show of the 2018 season. When the calendar changes, we're rolling right into 2019. Going to work on creating a new musical intro, new segments, and our goal is to have at least one guest every show starting next Tuesday. So lots of big things in store. It's uh, Jerry and I's second full, se- actually our f- first full season together. And I'm really excited. You know, Jer- Jerry's been a great co-host the uh, entire regular season. But we've got a lot of off-season work to do. And the Combine will be here before you know it and all those guests. But listen, there'll be plenty of time for all that. Let's get into some uh, news and let's get into some players I'll be looking to sell. This is the news. All right, personal favorite of mine, Dante Pettis, is going to miss the rest of 2018 with a sprained MCL. Could have been so much worse. Could have been the dreaded ACL, which would have put the beginning of 2019 in jeopardy. This is no big deal. This is something that he should bounce back from in a couple of weeks. And he should be a full go for all the offseason 
training programs for the 49ers. Really excited to see him working with handsome Jimmy GQ. Uh, Nick Mullins has not done bad, I guess, in 2018. But Dante Pettis, man, am I excited to see him do some big things. Just go back and do some historical lookups on wide receiver ones in a Kyle Shanahan offense. I'm pretty excited, and you should be too. Another injury of note, Demarius Thomas, wide receiver, Houston Texans, Torin Achilles. He is now officially on IR, and his 2018 is over, including the playoffs, which this is a player that the Houston Texans obviously felt they needed for their playoff run. They're going to be without Will Fuller, who's already out with an ACL. Kiki QT can pull a hamstring just walking his dog. So this is going to have a major impact, in my opinion, on the Houston Texans offense. From a dynasty perspective, I would be stunned to see him back. A very young man, Deonta Foreman, of the same Houston Texans, as a matter of fact, he's just now made it back onto the field from a late season Achilles injury. excuse me. And Demarius Thomas is no spring chicken, so you could have seen the very last of him. He may be retiring on your dynasty rosters, which kind of sucks, but is what it is. I'll go to Tennessee, where my Colts will be heading Sunday night to play for a playoff spot. And Marcus Mariota, he flopped again against the Washington Redskins, which that in and of itself is not the story. He has a stinger. They they re-signed backup quarterback Austin Davis. This is the same guy who backed up Blaine Gabbert earlier in the season when Mariota missed time with not having feeling in his elbow. Not only from a playoff standpoint, I think the Colts could beat them anyway. But for your Superflex rosters, man, what what are you doing with Marcus Mariota? I don't trust this guy. Uh, luckily, I don't have any shares because I've never trusted this guy. So we'll see what, what owners are going to be able to do with him. You're waiting for some good news. Maybe they'll sign a free agent or he'll have a really good preseason. But I'm looking to get out from under him at a at a reasonable cost and not give him away. But... I think he's gone. I don't think that he's going to be the long-term solution in Tennessee. We'll see. We'll see very soon. We'll have some uh, some further news there. But moving on to Devontae Parker. Now, this is a guy that I have been extremely intrigued by. He was a first-round NFL draft pick. He was a first-round dynasty draft pick. And just someone that I've seen flashes out of over the past four years. Now, it's hard to get too excited about him, but he's a prime flip candidate. And my wife always makes me watch those flip this house shows. And and I, I do that a lot with NFL players in Dynasty. I'm looking for those guys whose situation is going to change. And if Miami lets him go, and let's talk hypothetically. Let's, talk, let's say he wound up on the Colts with a really good Colt quarterback and Andrew Luck and look at what Luck's done with the reemergence of alleged former bust Eric Ebron or let's say he winds up with Tom Brady in New England or anywhere where there's a serviceable Green Bay you know we all like Marquez Valdez Scantling and uh, Equinemius St. Brown but this is a team searching for another wide receiver so if Devontae Parker winds up on another roster with a good quarterback his value could go up and you could Take what you just invested in him and get that back plus. So he's someone I have my eye on as a flip project. I do know the risk. I may never get that capital back. But, you know, you got to spend money to make money. Next, Christian McCaffrey breaks Matt Forte's 
running back reception record, and he did it in 15 games. He still has one game to go, although there is grumblings and rumblings that they may shut him down in Carolina this weekend. I hope they don't. He is one game, he needs 20 points, which is slightly below his average, to be only the second running back since LaDainian Tomlinson, and actually the second non-quarterback since LaDainian Tomlinson, and David Johnson was the other to have 400 PPR points in one season. That's pretty rarefied air. Uh, Todd Gurley could have done it last year had he played uh, Week 16, but he didn't. So, really good stuff and someone I was wrong about. We'll talk more about him in the offseason. Next is Tevin Coleman and his groin. Uh, He tweaked it last week, caused him to miss about half of the game or so. And I don't think he's going to play. He's a pending free agent in a couple of months, and why risk it? Why risk doing further damage? So there's another guy with flip potential. If you have a less-than-savvy owner who may not realize he's going to be a free agent, maybe you can get him for a second. He lands with a really good job, and you can flip him later in the offseason for a profit. And let's see here. Moving on, going to be a lot of coaching changes. And I'm going to focus on the one in Arizona because it's all but confirmed. But Steve Wilkes is out, or almost out, one foot out the door in Arizona. And he was just a bad hire. So if you're a big David Johnson fan like me, or maybe you see something in Josh Rosen, Christian Kirk, here's your opportunity to buy. Because when, and I feel like I can can safely say when they fire him, in Arizona, they're going to replace him with somebody. And that somebody's going to more than likely bring hope to this offense and these offensive pieces. And once that happens, the price on those three guys, Rosen, Johnson, and Kirk, it all goes up. So if you're interested in any of those guys in 2019 and going forward, now is the time to buy why prices are slightly depressed. And you could talk about a lot of guys in the same situation. The New York Jets coaching job's probably going to be open. Denver, maybe Miami a few others. So look around at some of the lame duck coaches in the NFL. And if there are players on those rosters you like, make a cheap bid. Because when they get a new coach, and let's say hypothetically for the sake of argument, it will never happen, but Arizona hires Lincoln Riley, a very well thought of offensive mind from the college game. That's going to spring optimism and that optimism is going to range prices on all those guys so you see what i'm getting at if you like those guys you want to get a share here's your opportunity and then the last bit of news because we're talking about coaches is dirk cutter of the tampa bay buccaneers is rumored to be back all i can say is please for those of us that have tampa bay buccaneers shares out there let's get rid of him it's been an okay team i mean they've kind of middled the last few years, but nothing great. So for the sake of fantasy and the sake of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers shares, and that's Evans, OJ Howard, even Jameis and Ronald Jones could have a lot more upside with a different offensive person calling the play. So that is the news for this week. Going to move into my sell list and I'll, I'll rapid fire through some of these. The first guy I'm, I'm returning is Lamar Jackson. Now, if you're a fan of the Baltimore Ravens, you love this guy. He came in, and he has driven this team into the playoffs. They're currently leading the AFC North, but I'm here to talk about dynasty and fantasy value. I I, I see Tim Tebow. I've heard a lot of people compare Josh Allen to Tim Tebow. I don't see that as much as I see it in Lamar Jackson. 
He's got a horrible completion percentage by NFL standards. He's 58.2% completion on the season. He's only thrown for over 200 yards once. Now, that's a, that's a lot of games. I believe he started six games so far this season, and he's only thrown for 200 yards once. Now, he's bailed you out with some good rushing games, but that's a lot to count on. Uh, he's only had one touchdown. I'm sorry, excuse me. He's only had two touchdown passes in one out of nine games. So that means the rest of them, he's had uh, the other eight, he's had zero or one touchdown. None of that's really hurt his production so bad, but just like other running quarterbacks, I think that once defensive coordinators get some tape on him, they'll be able to figure him out a little bit, and it won't be as awesome in 2019. So if you have a fan, you have a guy that's loved him going back to college, here's a great opportunity to get out from under Lamar Jackson. My next sell, or return, if you will, is Philip Lindsay. Now it's going to sound odd. Not very often are you given the advice of selling a guy who was an RB1. He should finish. Now he's going to miss week 17 with a wrist injury. But here's a guy who's currently the RB12. And he's averaged about 16 points a game in PPR. But he's only had five games this year, his rookie year, of 90 or more yards rushing. And he's had four games of 30 or less yards rushing. Another thing that really concerns me is he's not overly involved in the passing game. He's had zero 50-plus yards receiving in a game, and he's only had one game of five or more catches. So in a PPR world, if the volume is not there running the ball, then how does he repeat his RB1 season of 2018? I don't think he can. The Broncos invested the seventh pick of the third round last year in the NFL draft on Royce Freeman. I think that he's going to be more involved, especially with the new coaching staff. This is another of those lame duck coaching jobs that will probably be open next year. So all that added up, I, I really look for Philip Lindsay to lose production and lose value. And let's be honest, you don't have a lot invested in the guy anyway. You probably got him as an undrafted free agent, or if you were a really good drafter, you maybe got him in the fourth or fifth round of your rookie draft. But sell high. Get out from under him. You can probably get a first, maybe even get a first plus. A deal that I would be looking to make. I don't have any Lindsay shares, but I would be looking to send Lindsay for a 2019 first and Ronald Jones. I think just like Royce Freeman, due to the actual NFL draft capital, he's going to get some looks. But I'm going to kind of contradict myself with my next return, and that's Rashad Penny. Now, Rashad Penny was a first-round draft pick of the Seattle Seahawks, and there's not a lot of stats to go on. He, he does have a good five yards per game average, but he's very much looking at Chris Carson in his way. Chris Carson seems to be a favorite of head coach Pete Carroll and offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer. And I just don't know how Penny is going to take over this job. Another con is that it was reported that he gained a substantial amount of weight from the NFL Combine to when he reported to the Seattle Seahawks. Add all that up, I don't see a recipe for success for Rashad Penny to become a bell cow here, but I think you can sell that narrative and you can get that first-round pick that you invested in him back, and you're looking for a Seattle Seahawks fan. You're looking for someone who a believer and that you can sell a narrative to. 
My next running back is going to be a bit of a shocker because he was the 2017-101, and I don't think I saw him worse than the 102. Although if we were to redraft that class, I think this guy would probably go somewhere around, man, 106. And that's Leonard Fournette. I think he would obviously go up behind Christian McCaffrey, Kareem Hunt, Alvin Kamara, maybe even still Corey Davis, but I don't know. But anyway, that's revisionist history. The reason why I'm selling Leonard Fournette is I'll give you some pros on Leonard Fournette first, is that he's still young. He'll turn 24 next month in January. He, he He's done a better job supplementing his points per game in the receiving game. Throughout his career, he averages about three receptions a game, you know, 20, 25 yards. So there's five, six points right there that he's given you on top of his rushing production. And he does have the, the, the top five running back upside that you would look for. But here's, here's why I, I'm selling him. He has a history of lower body. And by lower body, I mean from like the mid-shin down. Forget about the hamstring issue that derailed his 2018. That's a muscle injury. That's a little bit more fluky and not something he's had a major problem with in his past. But from the mid-shin down, he's had ankle. You know, this season he's had some foot injuries. So he's fought that going back to college, and that seems to continue to pop up here and there. And he's on a bad team. I like running backs on good offenses. More often than not, if you look at the top running backs in the league, they play on good offenses, on winning teams. 2017 felt like an outlier. I think this is going to have a, a new coaching staff in Jacksonville. And I, I don't know what that means for Leonard Fournette. Obviously, they have a lot of actual draft capital wrapped up in him. And here's my last thing. A podcast called The Three and Out Podcast with John Middlecoff. I believe he was a former NFL scout, worked in uh, scouting for an NFL team. And he said this after the Tennessee game, which is what, what my watching of the game Saul as well, is that he was running lazy. He was disinterested. And if you had him that week, that would have been week 14 in the playoffs. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So enough cons, but with enough value that I think you can get out from under him. Just let the season kind of go forward. People will wax poetic about this guy. His value will go back up, and you'll have a chance to get out from under him. And that's someone I'm looking to move. Next guy, another guy that you could probably get a pretty good return on investment for, and that's James Conner. The pros of James Conner, he's a Pittsburgh running back. We saw it with Le'Veon Bell, who is a super talented running back. But James Conner has come in and played well in this job. Jalen Samuels has produced in this job. I don't think Steven Ridley would. But James Conner has all the makings of a top five running back. So why would I sell him? I think I think Jalen Samuels is actually a better pass-catching running back than him, and I think he'll cut in to his 2019 workload. I don't think the Steelers are going to go out and add a lot to the running back position. They still need help in other areas via the draft, and they've only got about $20 million in projected cap space for 2019. So I, I see the job being there, but I do think Samuels cuts in. And his perceived value, I think his perceived value versus the actual value he gives to your team are a bit skewed, and I think you could get a lot for this guy. Pittsburgh's one of the most popular teams in the NFL, and you should be able to flip him for a pretty penny right now. So find another running back you like and get some additional picks back with him. Great time to move James Conner. My next flip is Tariq Cohen. Now, I know what you're thinking. Again, another guy 
I think as we speak, he's the running back 14 in PPR, full point PPR. But his stats are glaringly good or glaringly bad. From a points per game standpoint, sometimes he's great. In five games this year, he's given you 18 or more points. But in another five games, he's given you 10 or less. So he's not consistent week in, week out, which is one thing going back to Philip Lindsay, I can say. Philip Lindsay has given you double digit points every single game but one this year. But Tariq Cohen, he's very streaky. He's hit or miss. He's only had 10 plus rushing attempts in one game all year, and he's had zero 100 yards rushing games. He's very James White. He's very game script dependent in my, in my perception. So based on his name value, based on where he finished, based on the narrative that Matt Nagy and that offense are allow you to speak to when you're offering him up to a trade mate, I'm moving Tariq Cohen. If I'm selling him, I want, you know, I want a first plus. If I'm buying him, I'm trying to buy for a high second or a second and maybe another pick or something. But if I can get out of Tariq Cohen, I wouldn't mind getting out of the Tariq Cohen business. This next guy is one of the most polarizing people that I talk about, especially on Twitter, because it fires people up because he has his fans, and that keeps his value high, which is a good thing. And that's Corey Davis. He's got tremendous name value. He was, I don't want to say the consensus, but he was definitely around the 1.02 in 2017 rookie drafts. Definitely no lower than the, the 103. He's got so much love in the community. You know, he's got that prototypical NFL size. He's got actual NFL draft capital. There's so much to like about him. But, but here are the cons for me on Corey Davis. One, his quarterback. Marcus Mariota is terrible. He, he's on a run-first offense. You, saw, you see how this team plays its best. And I think that coaching staff has finally figured it out. You give the Derrick Henry running back 25, 30 touches a game play good defense, and try to win that way. And that's not going to be a high-volume passing game that's going to fuel an elite wide receiver. I mean, look at the elite wide receivers. Antonio Brown, I think Pittsburgh throws the most in the NFL. You know, Jared Goff throws a ton, and he fuels three wide receivers. Also on Pittsburgh, there's Juju. I just don't see Corey Davis ever getting the type of volume. He may get like a high target percentage, but if the total number of targets is considerably lower than the rest of the teams, that's why I'm out. His quarterback situation's not good. And that and this year he's had three games of 24 or more PPR points, but he's had nine games of 10 or less. So and he's had a uh, he's had a rough season. Um, we've seen some flashes, but I don't think he'll ever be what we want him to be. But I think that his name value and love in the community will allow you to get out of that 102 and move on to a different project because he's not the one that I'm taking on. And the last wide receiver I want to cover is Chris Godwin. This is another wide receiver the community loves. He's got a lot of name cachet, and I don't really get it. I think he's a wide receiver who's developed ahead of schedule, and he's capable of being hot in streaks like he started the season with three touchdowns in a row but since that time he's had one touchdown over his last 10 games and that's with OJ Howard out injured the last several games and he has zero chance to be the man in Tampa Bay that's gonna be Mike Evans he recently signed a long-term contract he's clearly the number one 
that's not to say that number twos can't have value. I mean, I just mentioned Juju, uh, Cooper Cup's a personal favorite, and I'm sure I could think of some others. But I don't love the quarterback. I don't love the offense. He's never going to be the man. And I think you can get the man value for him right now. So I think you sell the narrative that he's ahead of schedule, that he's shown to be an integral part of this offense. I think you can sell that Deshaun Jackson's going to be gone. And maybe you can get a nice return on what you probably paid as a second or third round pick in your rookie draft of 2017. So those are some guys that I'm looking to move away from after this season and, and move on to some different projects. So I'm not going to get into looking back at it, you know, the, the segment where Jerry and I cover where we were right and wrong because Jerry's not here. And I'm trying to keep this short because it is the holidays. So, But I am going to hit you with a bargain bin. I am going to hit you with a DFS darling. And I'm going to hit you with my GT Bets parlay of the day. So my bargain bin guy is Jake Kumaro, wide receiver of the Green Bay Packers. And this is a guy that had a little bit of buzz in the preseason. He got injured, designated to return. He's back. He played this past week against the Jets, scored a touchdown. And I think we're all hoping to figure out who was going to be the legitimate number two wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. I think some of us, based on ownership, want it to be Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And I think some of us want it to be Equinemia St. Brown. But Jay Kumro is a guy that I've gotten for free off of the waiver wire over the last week for zero fab dollars. And he's just as likely to hit as any of the other two guys. I think Randall Cobb is gone based on his contract and the cost and what Green Bay is paying Aaron Rodgers. So if you're looking for a stash, Jay Kumro is way back, way back in the back of the store in that bargain bin. And uh, you, maybe someone you get dirt cheap that could have a real impact in 2019. Going to move over to my DFS darling of the week, and that is Brian Hill. Brian Hill is going to be the starting and probably the workhorse bell cow running back for the Atlanta Falcons. He's only 5,300 on FanDuel and 3,900 on DraftKings. And like I said earlier in the show, I don't expect Tevin Coleman to be out there this week with his groin injury. And this guy's going to get the majority of the workload. No Edo Smith on IR. Devonta Freeman still on IR. And there's no point in not running this guy into the ground with nothing on the line as he faces the 28th versus the running back, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So good opportunity for him to show out and maybe earn himself a job. I think we've all assumed that Edo Smith was going to be the number two in Atlanta next year when Tevin Coleman moves on. But what the hell? Why couldn't it be Brian Hill? But anyway, he's my DFS darling. I think he will easily pay back those prices. And then my gtbets.eu play of the day is the New York Jets getting 13.5 points at the Patriots. I think the Patriots will win. I know they need to win this game to lock up the number two seed throughout the AFC. But the Jets have been on fire Playing very good teams tough. They played the Texans very tough. They played the Packers very tough. And this is a young team filling themselves. They may be playing for their presumed lame duck head coach, Todd Bowles. But who knows? But I think 13.5 is way too many points to give this team. So I'm taking the Jets, and I'm taking the 13.5 points. Well, there it is. There's your quickie. Just like a young man stopping in for a quickie. But I want to thank you guys for 
you know, hanging in with me. I hope you won a lot of championships because remember this. That's right. The cream always rises to the top, and that's why you listen to the Dynasty Warzone. So I'll keep this brief. Remember, get those reviews in to join our listener league and to win that, have an opportunity to win that premium membership to ffstatistics.com. We'll be back next week with the 2019 unveiling of the new season of the Dynasty Warzone. So on behalf of my co-host Jerry at Jerry Send DFF, I am Memphis at DFF Memphis, and I will see you all next week.